Hello. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Good to see you. Glad good, you're here. Good day. Good day. Good day to Maybe you. Maybe you're on YouTube. Good friggin' day. <laughs> <laughs> Stare into the camera. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome. It's Linz and Krista. If you're new to the pod, thanks for being here. We know you have a lot of options out there, but we will always promise to deliver some, you know, honest convos, maybe some laughs and uh, exactly what you need mm-hmm. where you are. So grateful you're here. This is going to be a really good one. It's super deep and something that Lindsay and I shared and talked about at Camp Almost 30, which happened last weekend, which was super powerful. It was a free digital event we did for our community. There was like 6,000 or so people that signed up and we had like 2,000 in attendance and it was the most powerful, beautiful thing to see people in community being so supportive and kind. And it was... It was a vortex. I had to hold my shit together. I was, I, I honestly, all day yesterday, I went on a walk and I slept for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. I was unwell. Well, it's just so funny because the last year has been such a contrast mm-hmm. to that in a lot of ways. I, I feel like we've had so many beautiful moments, but like to have six hours of mm-hmm. just like beautiful souls meeting on on this virtual Zoom, but also just like the love, Mm -hmm. the hope, the intention was like electric. And I was just blown away. There wasn't anyone that wasn't so kind Mm -hmm. to one another and so sweet. and, And also too, when you're leading one of those, you're like, your energy is, I'm like energetically screaming at everyone. <laughs> you're like, can you hear me in the back? Yeah, like you're, you're just, I'm like killing myself because I'm, my energy is trying to reach people through a digital Zoom all over the world. And so my energy is spread all over the world in these like computers. I mean, mm-hmm. I was dead. I was so dead. We were watching all of you in real time. You were kind of capturing it on Instagram and storing it, but you had set up, so many of you had Mm -hmm. set up like your own little like oasis for the Mm -hmm. day. And it was so cool and cozy. And I just, yeah, I felt really lucky to kind of like be in your homes like that. I know. And you saw a lot of people had their animals too. Oh, so cute. Dogs sleeping through my meditation. Yes. (laughs) The animals were getting healed. The animals were participating. There were some people who were taking baths. Mm -hmm. For some people, it was the morning for Jenna Zoe, Mm -hmm. one of our speakers. It was middle of the night. It was 1 a.m. It was so cute too. She was wearing a robe and they're like, in true Jenna Zoe fashion, only wears robes. (laughs) And then for PETA, it was like 7 a.m. She just had up with the kids. So it was time zones all over the world and people coming from all over the world, Denmark, Switzerland, Russia, Bali, just everywhere. Yeah, it was it was really, really powerful. And I, I had a moment where I was like, I don't know if all of these speakers are going to be in the same yes. container ever again, which mm-hmm. felt special for us, felt, felt special for everyone in attendance and also for all of them. Mm-hmm. Like we talked to a lot of the speakers afterwards and they were just like, whoa, mm-hmm. like proud to be among, mm-hmm. you know, all the people on the lineup. So thank you to all of our speakers. We had... Jill Winterstein, mm-hmm. spirit, spirit daughter. Spirit daughter. Uh, we had Kiki Robinson, Jenna Zoe, Ash Johns. We had Dr. Jen uh, Esker. We had Aaron Rose. We had Peter Kelly. Mm-hmm. Just a solid freaking lineup. Yes, her Rose. You said yeah, yeah. It was it was baller, and it was cool too. Like the flow of it, and 
you know, we started at the top with Jill Winterstein, Spirit Daughter, talking about astrology for 2021. And it felt like so relieving to hear that the astrology is a little bit kinder than it is in 2020. And it gave me hope. She said, there's something in Pisces, which seemed great. <laughs> she said, You're like, like, oh, she's talking about me? Yeah, literally. I only <laughs> Tell listen me about me. She said that she says my sign. I'm like, hold the phone, taking notes. Tell me more. I think it was... You guys are all the astrologers. You're like, oh my God. It's like Jupiter and Pisces or something. Oh yeah, Jupiter is the jolly planet. Yeah, dude, which is funny because <laughs> it's so crazy with astrology because I've heard Jupiter's like an asshole by some people yeah, and then he's so- like jolly and fun. I'm like, okay, I'll go with that one. But um, for her to like lead, you know, a group in telling us from 2020, and there's so many people that were in there that weren't astrology. yeah. Mm-hmm. aware. And so they were like, whoa, whoa. Like so many people were like, when will I ever understand? Like when will I ever be getting it? But those lessons were super powerful. And then Jenna Zoe came in and she talked about fears and just sort of three common fears that she sees come up a lot of times in human design in her work and how people, you know, can work through those. Mm-hmm. I loved uh, Sahara Rose's talk on Dharma mm-hmm. archetypes. She went through each one of the archetypes and it was so funny. Everyone was like, I'm the entertainer and the, and the teacher. I'm mm-hmm. the nurturer. Like it was, it was actually really cool to feel the excitement around owning that part of you. Mm. That is that because I think sometimes we can kind of feel ashamed around some of our most like potent attributes. Totally. And Sahara's new book, um, Discover Your Dharma, is really about that and how it can help you find your purpose. So it was really, really powerful. I was thinking though too, I was like, oh damn, another label. <laughs> Literally, I was like, oh crap. Now we're I was gonna like be all like, of them except maybe two. I know, honestly, I just was like, oh God, we have another label. Now we have our astrology. Now we have our human design. Now we have our like Dharma archetypes. Um, and, but also as, as always, and I kind of want to just say this, even if you're new to the pod, it's like, we share so much information, you facts. know, podcast, camp, now the membership. And so it is always our goal to share information, but never make you feel like you have to believe it. Like you really take what lands for you and explore what feels, you know, curious to you. But we always want you to like come back to yourself mm-hmm. and be in that place rather than kind of taking anything as it all. Totally. So my dharma was researcher and visionary. Mm. And then at my core, I'm a nurturer, but yes, you are for not sure. Every, not everyone sees it. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like so I'm many. Wounded, I'm the wounded nurturer. <laughs> I'm the wounded warrior. <laughs> yeah, literally. I'm the nurturer, but no one lets me nurture. We start every day by telling each other what archetype <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> what archetype mood we're in. <laughs> we're like, I'm the entertainer. <laughs> today. Just so you know, I'm the, I'm the I'm asshole the, today. I'm the teacher warrior. That was really good. And then with Kiki, we did, um, Kiki's our, our healer opulent, which we've been working with for a little under a year now. And she's coming on the pod very soon. And we work with her regularly in a monthly container. And she did a psychic activation that I honestly didn't know I if I was going to be you. able to, <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to be able to return to the day. I was like, what am I going to have to do here? I I think I need to check out because she's like walking to your altar with your galactic family, like doing all this stuff. And I was like, yo. Yeah, I know. It's also, but in my head, I had to tell myself, follow the psychic activation as if you weren't going to tell anyone what's happening. Because I feel like sometimes, I don't know if it's because of what we do or Mm. whatever. I always feel like I have to document or remember or like, yeah 
keep track of these psychedelic experiences or whatever experiences they are. And I'm like, psychic activate as if no one was watching. (laughs) Dance as if no one was watching and also psychically activate as if no one was watching and just go through it instead of trying to fucking remember everything. Yes. So many people were like, I'm crying. I'm just like so, so moved. And, And what I love about Kiki, she's just, such a beautiful artist and mm-hmm. witch and it's like it's really really powerful and so to know that you can kind of create one create your own protections I think some people look at someone like Kiki and they're like wow I wish I could do that mm-hmm. and she, her so much of her work is like reminding you that you can so yeah the visualizations in that one were unreal unreal and then Dr. Jan Asker mm-hmm. she was just freaking doing her thing. She's the best. She, she was able to, it was 20 minutes and people were moving their bodies in such a way in very simple ways that were like opening them up that made them feel and think differently. Mm -hmm. They're like, whoa, like I can actually like open my chest. I'm not like, I'm not tightening my shoulders and my neck, Mm -hmm. which makes me feel, you know, fill in the blank. And it was just really, really cool. And I love how she's just, I mean, she's a wealth of knowledge, but she disseminates it in a way that is Mm -hmm. simple and relatable. And you can do literally right now in your own home. So it was stretching. The the tip on breathing was um, to wrap a towel or something around your waist so that you feel your entire back body Mm -hmm. and lower ribs expand. So I think now people are becoming privy to like breathing out balloon belly. Mm-hmm. But it's also like in your back yeah. and in your like back ribs. 360. And, yeah, 360, letting your entire lung and middle body expand. Yeah, that was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. That was just, that was such a nice part of the day. And then um, we had um, Ash Johns, dude. You guys have to. Ash Inspires is her Instagram. We, She'll be on the pod soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's coming out soon, but we connected with her when we were in Miami. She does ancestral healing. That episode's fire. It's Whoa. so good. Oh, yeah. And we just talked to her about ancestral healing. She told us about, you know, the spirit. So like the spiritual part of ancestral healing and then actual scientific data that backs the fact that ancestral healing is like a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I love. I think- you know, everyone kind of takes in information differently and people, some people more relate to the science, more relate to the spiritual. So she's really, really both. And um, yeah, she was, she was talking in her Instagram story after the event and just speaking to like the presence of the ancestors during the event. Cool. And just, you know, even though it was only 30 minutes, just like tapping in for this particular group. And it was just unbelievable. She's so powerful. (laughs) Whenever I like, I don't know why it's, Whenever ancestors are like, mm, whatever. Because it's like, like I like get in that. I'm like, oh, grandma's here. I'm like, she's always here. But actually, her, but her point too, because a lot of people think of that. They think of grandma or great grandma. Yes. And she's actually, she's like, down. she's like, that's that's powerful. And that's like, that is um, comforting to yes. a lot of people. Because you Mine's are not really familiar. Comforting. I'm just yeah. like, oh, whatever. <laughs> it's like familiar to people. Yes. But she's like, really? It's like, so far back. So far back. Yes. And that's kind of where like- And the, you can have a galactic, mm-hmm. a galactic ancestral yes. family. So we'll have more information about that in the pod. And then um, Aaron Rose mm-hmm. just came through. 
With the heat. With the heat. Came through with the hitter. Just talking about his work in the activism space for over 10 years, you know, he was someone that would chain himself to buildings, like put ice sculptures in like the middle of- Government buildings. Government buildings. (laughs) Like he was an activist, like Mm -hmm. deep in it for over 10 years and now has transitioned out to being someone that works with leaders like us. (laughs) Big time leaders like us. But moreover (laughs) is interested in being more about the solution than a cycle of being in the problem. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about how optimism is something that is like radically needed right now. And I felt like everyone was just so moved and given the permission to be in that future world state and place right now. Yeah, he led us through a future world meditation. One I I believe he has on his website. So you can check that out. Um, This was like an abridged version, but like unreal and People were, you know, in real time after the meditation, just sharing what they saw and what they experienced. And he also gave us a prompt of, what are you no longer available for? Mm. And that was like a really powerful chat explosion, Mm -hmm. you know, just to see people so ready, so ready to say, I am no longer available for fill in the blank, whether it is, you know, um, not speaking my truth or what have you. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, it was, it was cool to see. Maybe what are really you no happy. longer available for? So many things. I You're know. catching me at a time where I I'm could just go on. I'm no longer available for projections and for mm-hmm. fucking chaos. Yeah. Chaos energy is yeah. all up in my grill. I I echo that and you know that I think it's what I'm what I'm experiencing in in little sharp, intense blips is this projection from people around me wanting to hold peace and hold like just a like a higher vision for whether mm-hmm. it's the future or myself mm-hmm. and the projection of people feeling like that is not helping. Yeah. Or that you don't care. That I don't care. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a moment of silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it, it is real. And I'm, I'm kind of, I have moments where I grapple, where I'm like, but in my heart, like this does feel powerful to hold that and to like do work around that. Of course. And so, yeah. What's the ultimate goal? What's the goal here? Mm-hmm. Everyone. Um, yeah. So no longer available for kind of abandoning myself mm-hmm. in those moments. Yeah. And then PETA. PETA showed out and PETA closed us out and PETA was really talking about freedom. Like we are so scared and terrified to be free. Like who would we be if we were completely free? What would we do? What would we eat? What would we say? What would we we Mm -hmm. experience? And that is such a great question. It's like, if I was completely free of any obligation, of any relationship, of any identity, of any ego attachment, who would I be? Scary. Well, it's just so big that it's like Yeah, honestly. I'm I like, think what? I think a lot of a lot of us out there unknowingly attach ourselves to I would um, be an Instagram influencer still. <laughs> <laughs> to rules, to like kind of these institutions within society, mm-hmm. what what have you, that like give them that greater sense of identity, but it's really not our identity. Mm-hmm from my perspective, but yeah, it was a really beautiful prompt. And I think, again, just saw the activation of people in attendance. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, 
a curiosity, a, oh my God, yeah, like what, what am I afraid of? And, and some of those fears can be real. Mm-hmm. They're very real fe- fears of being totally free. She also talked about, she's a mom and she said it briefly, but it, it stuck with me. And I've heard her say this before, just like, am how I'm living now, like this life that I've created, is that how I want my, my kids to experience life? So even if they're not experiencing it directly, but like how I live my life, if I think about my parents and some things that they did or sacrificed, like thinking about me now as an adult, like doing exactly what they did, they probably wouldn't want that for me. So it was just a really interesting like lens to look through for a moment to put into perspective what we are currently doing or how mm-hmm. we are living. Totally. Yeah, so powerful. Um, so thanks to all our speakers. And so then Lindsay and I, did a session. We did a session on healing the female friendship wound. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we were doing the session, we were like, it actually would be beneficial for us to share sort of our session that we did live at camp just because it felt so resonant for the people in attendance. And it felt like something that has been percolating in our consciousness for a while, Lindsay and I's. And it wasn't something that we felt we could speak to until really now. And it wasn't something that I really saw the power of until recently, you know, being someone that is in relationship with the active healing of that female friendship wound has changed so much of my life outside of my friendships. Mm -hmm. It's really powerful. Yeah. To that point of just the right time to, to speak about it. I think like this whole last year has been so transformational for us as friends and just, you know, anyone joining the podcast recently, like Krista and I started almost 30 very shortly after we became friends. And so we've been building the business, we've been building the brand and the podcast. And at the same time, you know, getting to know each other. And I think it's easier to kind of focus on the podcast and all of that, which has brought us so much joy, but you kind of take for granted like your friends right next to you um, and how that relationship is specifically in our situation affects everything. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it felt like the right time to kind of share, you know, what was really powerful in our healing, what was kind of misaligned and, you know, how we got through it and just the power of being mm-hmm. in a female friendship. Both Mm -hmm. of us have those wounds around that for different reasons. So yeah, that's something I think a lot of women, and I think we talked about this in the chat, but a lot of people, a lot of women can relate to having, I, I don't know scratching my head as a metaphor and also as a real itch on my head. Um, as um, I don't know any women that could say that they've gotten through life unscathed by women, mm-hmm. you know, and been able to feel completely safe with women, completely seen, completely heard, completely supported by women. I think that there has been a giant marketing campaign engine that has realized the power of women supporting women, but I don't know how much people have really done the work to heal that wound. And I think it was a wound that I had had for a long time, you know, from when I was little, 
to, you know, all through high school. And then even in college, I had just these deep, intense issues with women. And so much of that was from my mom. And so much of that was from the relationships that I was in. It was, you know, my fault. It was their fault, whoever's fault it was. I had, I didn't know how badly I didn't trust women. And I didn't know how badly I didn't see the beauty of women and like see how deep and meaningful women relationships could be because it's almost like when we're younger and we're in like seventh, eighth grade to high school, we're programmed in this way where it's like, you got to be the cool girl. And the cool girl means you're like not speaking your truth. You're playing video games or you're like basically doing tons of boy things, you know, like the cool girl is someone who bakes cookies for the guys while they're playing video games or whatever. There's this like cool girl mentality. Speaking from experience. Yeah, speaking from major experience. No, I was like, you were the cool girl and like supporting the guys. I was like trying to be a guy. So at at some point I was. But there's that cool girl mentality that you have where you almost are so dismissive of women and their power. And Mm. I think this is such a silly example, but I always equate it to people's you guys know I'm a cat lady. I was equated to people's love of dogs and cats. I think people see dogs as like the masculine, Mm. something that's consistent. It's linear. It always loves you. It's always supportive of you. And people are like, cats suck, cats suck. But like cats are so multidimensional. They almost for me represent the feminine where it's Mm -hmm. hard to understand. It's like kind of inconsistent, can be up and down, like a little all over the place. And I think that there's such a diminishing of, of females that when we are wounded, it's easy for us to turn away. It's easy for us to like shut down and not trust women and just sort of go through life not having fulfilling, nurturing, supportive female friendships. Mm. When you were talking about like middle school, high school, I was just thinking about all the movies that I watched where like archetypes of what middle school, high school looks like kind of perpetuated that. Yes. So it's like, the po- even just thinking about like a clueless. Yes. Best you know, movie ever. Best movie ever. But Favorite. like just thinking about those types of movies where like if I'm a middle schooler, I might have a belief that like, you know, the nerdy kid picking dandelions in the field might, shouldn't be friends with, mm-hmm. you know, yes. the head mm-hmm. honcho girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just interesting how like what we're seeing, whether it's in movies or in social media or whatever, is kind of perpetuating that. It's the competition. It's like Yeah. And I think too, it's, you know, through high school and college, you're always competitive with women mm-hmm. for like, dude. So funny. If you think about it, like when you're competitive, <laughs> like I was, you know, I'm competitive for like these losers in Ohio. Losers. Do you know these total know. doofuses? Dude, this this kid Doofs. drew drew Meskin. I would have just put yes. my whole my whole life. <laughs> oh my god! Literally, I was. I'm like, oh. dude. One time we were in high school. I was with a, a friend. She was like my close friend at the time. We went to go see my boyfriend, Sebastian, and good old Seb. Good old Seb. <laughs> and Sebastian had a friend. I forget what his name was. Sebastian and his friend decided they wanted to trade girls for the night. Dude, I love when guys make these decisions and they, and they it's wanted a rule. to trade. So they wanted Seb to have Jack, this <laughs> other girl, and the other boy to have me. Like they literally were like, okay, this has been cool, but like we actually want to trade girls. And I peeled the fuck out and my <laughs> Honda Civic was like, fuck no. The girl, Good for you. The girl went with it. But I was just thinking, I'm like, how stupid is this? That we were, that I was mad at her. I'm like, oh my God, she'd have betrayed me, whatever. Like, this is also stupid. So Everyone's stupid. stupid. What are you doing here? I was like in the middle of a field. I was like, literally, we're like hanging out at a barn. I'm like, but yeah, the competition is real. And 
when I, I think with our friendship, you know, really put a mirror for me in the ways in which I didn't trust women and I didn't, and I think that's gone hand in hand with my mother wound. But, um, you know, I told the story at camp, but I think it's so funny when we were in, when Lindsay and I were in Fiji, a little humble brag there. <laughs> um, we were in Fiji last year, I think. We had like, yeah. you know, just made it like a goal for us as business owners to be like, all right, we're going to go to Fiji after we were in Australia on tour and just treat ourselves. So we were in Fiji and we were sitting in the pool one day. They had these like hot cold plunge pools at this Fiji place. And there's these three <laughs> birds that were seen all over the Fijian island resort. So we kept seeing these three birds all the time. And then so one day we saw this one of these birds and it was like limping around. And <laughs> me and Lindsay look at the bird. We're looking at him. And I'm like, I think he's faking it. And I was like talking about how the bird was probably faking his injury and like fake limping for us to feel bad for him. And Lindsay's like, no, he's a bird. <laughs> and I like didn't even trust a bird. I was like, I did not because we, and, and in that moment, it was mirroring for me a situation within our business where we were going through a trust issue with someone on our team. And so that was making me literally not trust anyone. I wasn't trusting a bird in the tree to be not lying about a, a leg issue. And so- I was like, wow, that's so fucking true. I really cannot trust people. And so then in self-reflection and evaluation was able to look back in my life like, okay, what have the issues been? What has been the common theme of my female friendships? And it's really always been about trust. Do I trust you? I don't trust you. You've broken my trust, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's really been the huge theme for me of something that I really needed to work on healing. Yeah. For me, it was so much about communication and expressing myself in the moment. We'll, we'll tell it in a moment, but just like the experience in middle school, high school of wanting to express myself, expressing myself, and then not being received in the way that is safe and just supportive. And so, I've, I mean, in every one of my relationships, not, not just my female friendships, but I think it's just such a mirror because we are so close and do so much together that I was just realizing like, wow, what is this where I can't tell someone that I really care about how I'm feeling in the moment because I'm afraid that either they will feel ashamed. They will be mad. They won't be friends with me. They won't trust me. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, it still shows up. I'm still kind of working with it, but it was really cool this last year to be able to practice that and continue to practice that in a space with you where I just felt like you knew that was something that I'm working on and then could, we could just like walk through it together in so many ways, mm -hmm. which was helpful. Yeah. So and the helpful. trust thing too, it was like, I remember when with the moving thing, because, you know, Lindsay and I are talking about moving this year, which will keep you guys posted on where we go and that timing and everything. But yep. one of our friends was like, oh yeah, you know, Lindsay's moving, you know, back to New York to be with her man. And I was like, yeah, totally. And I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And we had been both kind of, this was like earlier, this was in December. So we'd both been traveling. So we kind of hadn't seen each other. And I didn't know. And I was like, damn, I can't believe that she did that. Like, why mm -hmm. would she not tell me, blah, blah, blah. And so I just brought it up to you and it's like, my issue was not trusting you and then yours is not the communication, you know? Yeah, so it's exactly. like both of our, but it's, so the awareness of our issues is like, oh, this is the issue in plain sight. This is another situation for us to be like, oh, this won't bother me, upset me, trigger me, whatever. It's like, oh, this mm -hmm. is just interesting that this issue is, this little thing is coming up. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, wow, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And that's, you know, been something that we've really worked on. And now it's kind of, thankfully, when it comes up, it 
like I like it's fun to work on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds weird, but it's just like cool. Like we have so much awareness around it where it's like, yeah, okay, let me like do that over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yes. it's very much like engaged in the the betterment of these relationships, these dynamics and what we're working on. It's not so much this like shame cycle and then we fix it. There's very little shame, which feels so much better. Yeah. Okay. So let's take a moment and define what the female friendship wound is. Just to put it in context, the female friendship wound is the pain, the subconscious beliefs, and the coping mechanisms that manifest in early female friendships that you carry with you now and into your current female relationships. And, you know, from our experience, it could be a super powerful wound that, you know, deserves your time, love, and attention and can be this like really cool portal to understand you, understand people that you're in relationship with. And just bring about a lot of peace. Mm-hmm. And I think it correlates with the mother wound. You know, so mm, many of us are are kind of working on that and talking about that. And I did a full episode on it. And Bethany Webster, who wrote the book called Healing the Mother Wound, is coming on the podcast. So we'll dig into that deeper. So for me, the female friendship wound was a lot like the mother wound. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like similarities. So when we're working on these, we can kind of see correlations in both. But it's almost like the pain experiences or the trauma sometimes is different. You know, so sometimes they correlate. Some of my trauma correlates to to my mom and then some correlates to actual situations with other mm-hmm. women. So, you know, these definitely go hand in hand for and sure. I think it can be kind of sneaky. Like mm-hmm. I even had like a situation, it wasn't mother, it was more like father wound. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't realize that it was popping up in my relationship with Sean. Yeah. And I was like, but he's nothing like my dad. But I was like, whoa. Like mm-hmm. there's just like these little sneaky ways in which the mother father wound can show up and look very different than what you experienced mm-hmm. when you were younger, but kind of the core pains, the core things, stories are still still running. Yeah, completely. So some questions for you guys to think about, you know, when we're, you're processing or working with your female friendship wound. The first one is thinking about what a common theme in your female relationships is. And you can think about the relationships that are successful. You can think about the ones that are unsuccessful. For me, thinking about the female friendship breakups that I had had over the years, even from seventh and eighth grade, you know, to couple years ago, were always centered around trust, them not trusting me, me not trusting them, me feeling like it was unsafe with them because of trust. So when I realized that pattern, I was able to really think about what ways in which is this being presented to me so that I could heal it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I think when you're like, it, it's really helpful not to overanalyze and really just sit with maybe even like hands over heart, eyes closed and like bringing a certain relationship to your consciousness and just recognizing the feeling that it brings up. And usually that will be easier to to decipher. Another question you can ask yourself is in these relationships in particular, what would you like to bring more of? So really kind of redirecting the intention to like, okay, you know, like wound is such a heavy word and sometimes can feel like, oh my God, like, is this relationship done? Like, can I do this? But really like you can absolutely bring more of what you want into a relationship through this work. So what do you want to 
bring more of? And are you, as women, I feel like we're giving and giving and giving and giving. So really checking that giving and receiving pendulum. So does that pendulum feel balanced? Are you giving too much? Are you giving too little? Are you you know, not able to receive love, support, attention, what have you? So just checking on the balance of that giving and receiving pendulum in each one of your female friendships. Another one is, can you speak your truth in female friendships? So can you be your honest, whole, authentic self? Or do you feel like you're censoring yourself? Do you feel like you're not speaking your mind? Do you feel like you can't be honest with them? There's a lot of that, I think, that happens too. And there's almost for me like a barrier that has to be broken Mm -hmm. with my female friendships where it's like, we reach a point where we start to be really honest. You know, there's like a, like a, tipping point that happens where it's like, oh, this is how close we are. Mm-hmm. Where we're like saying this. And this is how it's supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And this is how it's supposed to feel. So something for you guys to think about when you're healing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when Lindsay and I were were thinking about this and just the progress we've made, of course, we're not fully there. I mean, this comes up all the time for me. There are a lot of examples that we can look to of ways in which we've been exempl or we've been shown examples of a healthy female friendship, especially in the past couple of years since we've done a lot of this work. And we talked a lot about this with Milana and Letitia in our female friendships roundtable episode that we did. But there are such profound examples we've had in our lives. And you know, these are not to shame anyone into being like, we have better friends than you, but really just to expand our minds around what healthy potential relationships looks like. Yeah. So just some examples of that. I feel like in our really deep female relationships that we have now that we are able to disagree and still still feel safe, you know, which is, damn, sometimes <laughs> I think about like times on the playground, like in elementary school, middle school, or those moments where I felt like if I disagreed with a quote unquote friend that I would be like, out. Mm-hmm. I would just totally. be out. And I think some of those feelings are still like very alive in a lot of us. Those, you know, times we were 12, 14, you know, it's it could be so real and still playing in the background. So, you know, being able to disagree with friends, you know, share different perspectives and experiences and still feel safe. Yeah. Another one is wanting the other person to win with like not having anything to do with it. So Mm -hmm. it's not like wanting them to win because your name is attached to a project or something, but it's like just fully, truly wanting them to be as successful as possible. And, you know, for us and our friends, it's like we had our camp almost 30 and it was really beautiful to see our friends really show up and just support us out of the goodness of their heart. A lot attended, our friends attended. They were messaging us how, powerful it was. And, you know, we don't expect our friends to go to our stuff. A lot of people do a lot of different things. So for them to show up and just like have gratitude for what we were doing. And then even like getting messages before the event, like, Hey, do you need support? Do you need like dinner? Do you need to go on a walk? Do you need to talk? Was really kind and really meant a lot to us because we feel like sometimes we're doing this alone. And I think a lot of women feel like that. We're always like, Oh, I got it. You know, don't worry about it. We've got it. But to have someone go above and beyond to let you know that they are there to support you when you're trying to do your best at whatever your purpose is, is really incredible. Mm-hmm. 
this one's a good one. There's no talking bad about anyone, whether yes. they're there or not. And admittedly, sometimes this is hard. It's an easy thing to kind of slip into. I think, you know, gossiping or shit talking can really make you feel better if that person in particular has like hurt you. But I do notice how I feel after those conversations. You know, if I'm with someone who is just notoriously always gossiping about people and really wants to vent, I appreciate that they can trust me, you know, to vent to. However, I just notice like energetically that exchange does not feel does not feel very fulfilling to mm-hmm. me, you know, and that's not like me being high and mighty because I've definitely been, I've definitely, definitely gossiped, get down. gossiped before for sure. But like the truth is it never feels amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that quick hit and then it's like, so what am I going to do about it? Yes. Like, what's my responsibility here? And too, there's such a, but it's so interesting with this because there's such a, it's never acceptable, but there is such a something where if the intention, the intention, you know, if it's coming from an unhealed place and there's no excuse to be like, oh, that person is whatever, whatever. So there, I don't know. I'm just, what I'm trying to say is like, I literally for like years killed myself and would like choke on my words because I didn't want to say anything bad about anyone. And it was almost like detrimental to me because I couldn't express myself how I felt about things. I couldn't be like, ah, that doesn't feel aligned to me. I wouldn't even be like, oh, that feels inauthentic or that feels like it's coming from a place of wounding, whatever. I literally wouldn't even let myself say that. And I almost like freaking choked to death Mm -hmm. because I was just never even letting myself express because I felt like I was ashamed of anything that was negative to say about anyone else. And it was a really good practice for me to swing all the way there and kind of not allow myself. But now coming back to like the point of like checking in, am I in integrity and saying this? Does it feel like it's in judgment or does it feel like it's an observation of something that's not in resonance for me? Yes. You know, I think, but I could totally agree. Like there's no friendships that I have where I ever feel like I leave the room and they're saying anything bad about me. And, or, you, and usually like, there's a balance. So for example, if I come to you and I'm like, yo, this person mm-hmm. did this. And there's like kind of this this brief moment of, of vent. Mm-hmm. And then most of the time is spent on like, okay, Mm -hmm. Like on analyzing like, yes, what did I bring to this situation? Mm -hmm. Maybe what they're bringing, what potentially like wounding they're bringing. And it's never just focused on the like, this person's a piece of shit because inevitably it just is saying something about yourself at the end of the day. But I do think the balance is more to like, okay, let's like look at the whole picture here Mm -hmm. because that feels better, Mm -hmm. you know, to have just like a wider scope of the situation and not to be so tunnel visioned into like, this person is out to get me or whatever the case may be. So Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, but it's, yeah, that whole thing, conversation when people are gossiping is really just distracting from ourselves. It's really just maintaining status quo of this always happens. People always do this and, it will always get you back. You know, that kind of karma, unfortunately, unfortunately will always sort of get you back. Yeah. You know, so talking bad about people is something you never really want to do because you want to be honest with people. You want to be forthcoming and you want to love yourself enough that you feel like you don't even see bad things in people. You know, that's kind of the thing when you start to love yourself, you don't see as many bad things about other people because you're not seeing them in yourselves. Amen. 
Okay, we wanted to share like what you could do to begin to heal your female friendship wound. You know, so many things, but so take take whatever lands, take whatever feels good to you. Uh, but I I've been thinking a lot lately about how each one of my friendships is a soul contract. I mean, especially like Krista and I just feel like our contract is is super full and like a dense contract. There's so many levels of it and we're experiencing so much together that I never thought I would experience with a friend, you know, add on business and relationship and just so many things. And just thinking about those contracts as ones to heal, heal yourself, help heal another. And I know it sounds like kind of woo-woo and, you know, spiritual jargon, but it's kind of beautiful if you think about it. And if I think back on my past friendships that are are no longer in my life, I'm like, wow, that was like really purposeful. Mm -hmm. And like when they came into my life, how they came into my life, what they taught me, what was coming up, doesn't always mean there was a resolution, but just to look back, it is kind of cool to see when like God brings in these people into your life. Yeah, it's, there is so many, like I can think of one friend that I was close with and that was like, she was a very expanding friend for me in realizing what my life could be like. She had a really beautiful life and she had a really beautiful, she had just this beautiful life and relationship. And I was like, wow, that was very expansive for me because I didn't really come from a family that felt like that or a home that looked, you know, nothing really Mm -hmm. looked like what hers looked like. And I was like, wow, that was really expanding for me. And that was really helpful for me in that way. So also thinking too, like what those friends have brought to your life or what sort of expansion they've given to you, whether that was like confidence in yourself, ability to see what another life would be like. But soul contracts, you guys know, is like so powerful. You guys, your little souls chose one another to heal. (laughs) Something else to heal your female friendship wound is to focus on, not abandoning yourself. So the focus on self and making sure that you always are trying to stay in integrity with yourself and how you feel. Because a lot of times women and definitely myself tend to abandon ourselves. I had a situation like this happen a few weeks ago where um, someone had done something to me that was out of integrity, what would I consider to be integrity? And in the conversation where I approached this person, I found myself completely abandoning myself to make them feel better about what they had done to me out of integrity. And I was so disappointed. I mean, I was so upset to know that like I would just completely disregard what I deserved and the respect that I believe I should have and that my feelings are valid enough to be heard and to be supported through the conversation instead of like making the other person feel better. So I think when we abandon ourselves, it really just only hurts ourselves. It can only make that person feel better temporarily, but it's really fake. So trying to do your best to not abandon yourself, to nurture one another, it doesn't help you. It doesn't Mm -hmm. help them. That's a big one for me. Mm -hmm. Big one for me. Establishing boundaries. We hear it a lot. Um, But I really do think, especially, you know, in my thirties and the friendships that I have when I, or when a friend sets a clear boundary, I am just very much in like respect mode. I just, I really respect it. Um, It gives, if a friend gives a boundary or sets a boundary, it gives me permission. I'm like, wow, they did that. And that felt good. And that felt safe. And that felt like what they needed, which is, you know, ultimately in friendship, what I like to do is 
what do you need? Like, how can I support you? And usually in your previous example, it can look like abandoning myself to make sure they have what they need. But with boundaries, it's like, it's really good for both people. Really, really good for both people. And like just creating that authentic relationship. Um, And what I've just noticed recently is that my emotions can really blur the lines. So just being aware and observing my own emotions and even those of that other person and giving space if needed. You know, that is a boundary too. Space and time is a boundary. I asked for space and time in a recent conversation because I felt so emotional and I needed to just... I needed to cry. I needed to be pissed. I kind of needed to go through this whole cycle before coming back so that I could show up in integrity and in a way that I was proud of and then give them the best opportunity to show up as well because I'm not like rolling in my emotions. So that's been, that's definitely been a big one of mine lately. It's also with boundaries, it's like being able to be in your own emotional experience and you're not like bringing anyone else into the emotional experience. I've been really obsessed with like people that are able to regulate their own emotions and being able to regulate their own own, own emotions. I, I do a much better job than I ever have done, but I still feel like there's opportunity to better regulate my own emotions. What does that, what does that look like? It's really like, having the experience of something happening and you're sort of going through your own process on your own instead of reaching for your phone and Mm. calling your coach, Mm -hmm. messaging your healer. (laughs) What do you mean? Yeah, literally everything I do most of the time, you know, asking for advice or sharing with, you know, mine is really, I really leverage and, and count on my community to support me, which is a great thing. But also it's like, going through my own process of like seeing how I feel first. And that's also too, like in relationship, if it's like someone is doing something to piss you off, you're able to go through your own own emotional experience without like offloading it on them and then being able to bring something to them more calmly and thoughtfully because you've been through your own process. Yeah. And that's, it's a masterful skill, but being able to do that has a lot to do with boundaries because you're like boundaried enough to go through your own experience first. Mm Mm-hmm. I can imagine that it's harder to do that in an enmeshed relationship. So if you're, and I don't think either of us have this experience right now, like with our significant others, but like if I'm thinking about any of you out there that have kind of an enmeshment and like it's feels comfortable to bring your partner into the fold of what you're going through. Because it feels like it could deepen your relationship or just be the comfort that you need. But yeah, I've been, I've definitely both on my own and Sean on his own, like just have observed. I'm like, it is really powerful when we're able to emotionally regulate on our own. Obviously, like, find comfort and counsel in one another. But there is that that like piece of time that's just like, okay, let's check in with self. Mm-hmm. And it takes the other person to be like, that's what that person needs and is doing right now. Mm-hmm. Rather than what can I do? How can I help you? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's powerful. Love that one. And then the almost the second to last one is look <laughs> at your relationship with your mother, sisters, and close female friends. So like mm-hmm. we said before with the questions, so just looking, using those questions to take some time and really think about your relationship with your mom, with sisters, with female friends, and noticing patterns. What kind of patterns are coming mm-hmm. up? And those are really the work you know that we can do. And in that one of those questions you can ask yourself related to that too is like, how old do I feel right now? I learned this in therapy and I'm sure a lot of you have as well, but it's just like, how old is this feeling? Mm-hmm. A lot of the time for me, it was like 12 and 14, but it might be seven. It might, you know, just identifying how old that feeling is. And then you can kind of track back, is this with my mom? Is this with my sisters? Or maybe when my sister was born or, you know, what have you. So that could be really helpful. And last but not least, um, healing in community. I mean, as someone who would not lean on girlfriends for mm-hmm. help, support um, in times where I was like growing the most and in some of my most challenging times, I've learned thankfully later in my life now that I don't know how I did it without mm-hmm these types of relationships, friendships, community, the support, the accountability has been so important. The reflection back Mm -hmm. and just like the witnessing of others also just like coming back to themselves is so inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. Really inspiring to me. Yeah, when people are like on their journey to being right with themselves, like it is really powerful, the support they can provide people. And it was like at our retreat in Malibu and then on tour at our events and stuff, just seeing people, women be truly, and it's just, again, not in like the fake social media way, the truest way of supporting one another. And- I never thought I'd be someone that would heal among women either. You know, I was always someone that was like, oh my gosh, too much. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like I would just be like, like I literally, I was in a sorority at at my school, which was hilarious, but I don't even know why I did it. But, But I did meet some amazing women, but, and it was helpful for my journey. But at the beginning, there was like our initiation night or whatever. And that the initiation night, they make you like, do some tell secrets or something. And I left. I was like, I literally could not be there because it was just too much women secret telling. telling. (laughs) And I think now how much like I'm part of those like type of uh, communications and circles and stuff. But when we are in the truest sense, like there for one another, it is like so beautiful. And, you know, Lindsay and I created the membership a lot because of that. You know, Mm -hmm. we felt like we had spaces in person, like our retreat in Malibu, which we've had to, you know, um, figure out when the next time we're going to meet in person is. And then we were doing that on tour at our events on tour. But even in like our digital communities, like the Facebook group, which is incredible, it never felt like we could really get there to do like the accountability part, the healing part, like the actual work to change anything negative that we were feeling or the actual work to um, have a different experience. And so- our membership is really that sort of container with us where we have the monthly deep dive workshops on astrology, manifestation, all the things that people love, the Q&A with us to really go deep and talk about all the things in a space that feels safe for you and I and for our community. And then to have them feel like there was less anonymity and more accountability to one another where they know each other well enough to be like, this is 
Julia. This is whoever, and I know her, and she is this, rather than like online in digital spaces. It's always like, it's just a username. It's like, whatever, you don't really know them, Mm -hmm. but it's like a human behind it. And so our membership is a lot inspired by the ways in which we've healed the female friendship wound that we want to bring to a space for women to not only work on their female friendship wound, but work on so many different areas that they feel like they want to show up more in this year and beyond. Yeah, it's just that next, it was the next step for us. You know, I think like the secret Facebook group has served the community really well. And, but what we were feeling was like, okay, they want, they they want more. Yes. You know, and you just can't in a Facebook group of almost 20,000 people, you just can't. And so we were just sitting on that for quite some time and, you know, working with our team and between one another and just really dreaming up this this container, this space where people could feel safe, where people could feel like I can just come as me no matter where I am in my process, in my life, in my journey, and I can feel fully alive given the permission to just dive in, Mm -hmm. you know, wherever you are. I think you know, we can see all these wellness and spiritual things happening on Instagram and it's beautiful. And I love Instagram for that, but sometimes it can feel like just this one big comparison loop. And you're like, am I far far enough in this journey? Mm -hmm. What should I be doing? And so we're going to have, the membership is a six month container. So we'll do enrollment every six months. And this was done purposely because we really wanted to go deep Mm -hmm. with everyone in the membership. And each month we're going to have a monthly theme. So those monthly themes include reclaim, witness, and these themes, our intention is that they will just bring you to a deeper understanding of yourself. We'll also have a bonus episode, really exciting. We have a bunch of episodes that you've never heard before that are just incredible. We can't wait to share a two-hour workshop every month with a special guest. Uh, Month one is with Natalia Benson. We'll be like deep diving into your natal chart. And then month two is with Milana Snow. That is a energy healing. If you know Milana, you know it's going to be so powerful. We also have a monthly live hang with me and Krista. So we're just going to go deep. It's Mm going to be like girl time, going to do a Q&A, connect around the monthly theme. And we will be offering journal prompts and affirmations and guided meditations every single month just to fortify your ritual. Mm -hmm. I think ritual is so incredibly important. And I think we brush it aside sometimes when life gets busy, but we are going to be kind of that place where you can feel like, okay, this is where I'm going every other day, every day, every week, whatever works for you, where you can um, be held, be held, period, mm-hmm. and just have the accountability that will um, just expedite that that growth and evolution. Yep, and then you get early access to some of our new courses and programs that we're doing this year, which are exciting, and you get 50% off any workshop or anything in our shop, and then 20% off all of our merch. It's really exciting. So yeah. the Almost 30 membership is going to be super special. And it's for people that are interested in self-development as much as they're interested in joy. If you're okay reinventing yourself again and again, mm-hmm. if you're able to find joy in seeing others succeed as much as you enjoy seeing your own or you're working on it, if you believe in nuance, and if you're committed to changing your truth easily and swiftly whenever presented with new information, and if you like to laugh a lot. So 
We cannot wait. We're going to invite you to the new, the Almost 30 membership if you're interested in those things. Enrollment closes on the 20, 31st and will be closed for six months. Um, and the reason why we do that is so everyone can really make the dedication to heal together. And we have more information on our website at almost30.com slash membership. And I can't wait to see you guys in there. Yeah, cannot cannot wait. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, it's an honor to be here with you and to do this work with you. Yeah, uh, share with a friend. Mm-hmm. You guys have any friends that you feel like you have had conversations with about this? You know, I think these conversations are so relevant and we need to be having them more often. So highly suggest you share this episode with a friend. And again, the membership enrollment closes on January 31st. That's in just a few days from now. So I've been seeing people rounding up their friends and joining the membership so that they can, you know, have like that extra accountability in there. So grab some friends, join the membership. It's for six months. We cannot wait to see you. And lastly, we just want to briefly thank our sponsors for this episode. We can't do this without uh, sponsors. And it's really important to us that each brand that we share with you, we stand behind and we use and we love. We know that you trust us. So the brands that sponsored this episode, Blue Blocks, Hum Nutrition, Four Sigmatic, and Kin Euphorix. So thank you all so much for listening. You're the bomb.com. We love you so much. Share this episode if it resonated and make sure to watch us on YouTube. We here on YouTube uh, and we will see you on the next one. See you soon. Love you. Love you.